Join us, friends. Great Scott, small guy. Do they know what we have in store for them? They will if they tighten up. And don't double dribble. To the Grey Ghost, small guy? Exactly, old chum. No time to waste. To the Grey Ghost. We have not a minute to spare. It's showtime, friends. All right, all right, all right. We are back. It is the spa guy, and it is... I'm globetrotting with Trey. And we are not wishing Cotton was a monkey, but we know that there are a lot of people that are. So today, Trey, you had the opportunity to go to Houston, Texas, to meet someone that uh, I think most people would know this guy. He's not famous as far as you see his face and go, oh, that's him. But he's kind of legendary and you got the opportunity to actually go meet this guy. And he is a huge Elvis fan. For one thing, the way I first heard about him was through our mutual friend, Rick Crofts and Rick mentioned that he had, um, when mattress, uh, when this guy, I I almost said his name, (laughs) sorry. When this guy owned a Elvis artifact, the 56 link, uh, Continental Mark II, it was not a Lincoln, it's Continental Mark II, was sitting in his store. Rick actually got in the car and helped himself to a souvenir, let's just say. And we won't incriminate Rick, but we'll we'll leave it at that. So that's the first time that I ever heard of this guy was from Richard Cross because he had visited Houston and had gone in one of his stores, probably the same store that you went into. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I actually was able to sit in Elvis's 56 Continental. And this uh, podcast is not an Elvis podcast. That's not what this is about. This is about a guy that was an Elvis fan that did a lot of other stuff. And some of it's just crazy. When you hear it, you're going to go, wow, I did not know. So tell us who this guy is. And he's still with us, friends. So tell us about that. You just got to meet him. Yes, who we're talking about today is Mattress Mac. And like Spy Guy said, you perhaps have heard that name in the last few months because last year, Spy Guy, Mattress Mac bet $10 million on his Houston Astros. He's a diehard Astros fan there. And he bet $10 million on the Astros to win the World Series. And what happens? The Astros took care of business in a flash for Mattress Mac. And Mattress Mac walked away with $75 million. That's right. (laughs) And the thing what he did, Billy, he's a genius. He's a genius. He has a store in Houston, Texas that I've visited, which is my episode this week on Globe Trotting with Trey. So it's live right now, guys. After you watch Spa Guy and I, if you haven't checked it out, Globe Trotting with Trey, Mattress Mac, Elvis, and you'll see uh, Mattress Mac on the video. I interviewed him. That was my goal, Billy, when I went to Houston uh, last month for the Final Four. I'm going to Gallery Furniture. I made my mind up. And uh, luckily, I walk in there. It's a huge store. And he is behind the counter every day. He still works. And that's why he's a millionaire, billionaire, or whatever he is at this point. But anyway... So Mattress Mac at Gallery Furniture, Houston, Texas, he run he what he did was for his customers last year, he ran all year long a advertisement that if you buy from us at Gallery Furniture and you spend five thousand dollars or more on, on our furniture and the Astros 
win it all, you win it all. And that's what Mattress Mac did is when he won his $75 million, he took that $75 million and he paid all of his customers back. So all of the customers last year that shopped at Gallery Furniture, they bought their uh, furniture for free. And Mattress Mac did, as he says in his commercials, save you money. <laughs> he, he, You have to go to YouTube and watch his uh, commercials. He'll jump up in the air and uh, do all kind of really cool things. And that's why the guy's a genius is he really figured out back in the early 90s how to do what we do now on YouTube, Billy. He promoted himself. And what I mean by that is he decided that, hey, I'm going to buy some local television advertisement spots. And I'm going to do it at certain times. I'm going to do it late at night. Late night talk shows. So so they're in uh, sporting events. So Mattress Mac bought advertising uh, spots and they filmed a commercial. And uh, one day he drove down to the studio to see how the editing was going on this commercial. And he didn't like what he saw. So there at the studio that afternoon, something will change his life. And that's why we're talking about him today is he decided, you know what? I don't like what they've put together. I'm going to do it this way. So he just recorded his, his own voice and he was the voice of his own commercial, which led to him becoming a character, Mattress Mac. And then he became popular with the late night local television advertisements I guess no one else was doing what he was doing. Uh, I, I read where he he copied a local salesman from Dallas, Texas, when he was younger, uh, uh, did some commercials, and he would jump on the top of his roof, Billy, and like pull out money or something, you know, in that car commercial. And mm -hmm. that's what Mattress Mac, that's kind of gave him the idea of uh, what he would later do with his gallery furniture. So Gallery Furniture, it looks like they opened in late 80s. Now, I could be off on that. Uh, uh, but they've been there at the building where he's working at, I think, is the original building he starts at. Uh, and it's really cool outside. And you'll see it on my episode. His sign is like Las Vegas, Billy. I, I saw it during the day. But it has a really cool screen on it, and it has the the, the gallery furniture in like Las Vegas type letters, and they're all you can see all they're all lit up at night. So man, he does a big time, man. And uh, when you go to his store, which you have to do if you're in Houston in that area, you need to visit Gallery Furniture because it's really cool inside. It's really big. He has memorabilia all over the walls. Um, he has uh, he has you snacks. I went in there and there was a Houston Astros birthday cake for Mattress Mac in there. And it was the stadium. <laughs> so I got to enjoy some cake while I walked around, you know, after my interview with Mattress Mac. But, man, I walked in there and I was like, um, I'd like to meet Mattress Mac. And what, what they have is when you walk in, they have like all the salesmen standing at the door. They all stand there. So there's like 15 guys standing there and I was like, I saw him over there behind the counter and I was like, man, I'd love to uh, talk to Mattress Mac. And he, the guy said, we'll go over there. He'll talk to you. So I walked over there and I said, hey, Mattress Mac, I drove all the way from Alabama, man, just to, to meet you. And um, uh, could I ask you a few things? So he came around the counter 
And uh, it was the he said it was the busiest day of the year for him or something. You know, he what he was actually doing, Billy, is the uh, final four game was that night. Mm -hmm. So I think he was putting his last bets in on the basketball game that night. But he gave me about 10 minutes of his time and uh, I didn't tell him what I was there for. And if you'll see in the video, which everyone's going to go watch now, Glow Trotting with Trey, Mattress Mac, Elvis, I throw out, hey, Mattress Mac, so I uh, I heard back in the 90s that you um you owned a lot of Elvis memorabilia. And I could see that he, his face smile, you know, I saw that smile when I brought up Elvis to him. And uh, Mattress Mac explains everything that he had in that showroom and how he wished he never sold it. But he said that a guy came in there with too much money that he couldn't refuse. <laughs> so I don't know who that dude was, but somebody, some Elvis fan came up in there and said, hey, man, I'll give you all this. And he said, all right. <laughs> but you got to go there, Billy. You got to go there next time we go to Houston. You need to. Absolutely. And uh, something that I, re that I remember seeing about Mattress Mac now, of course, he got the he won the Astros, the baseball game, but he lost the football game. He lost the Super Bowl. I remember seeing on TikTok, there was a girl on TikTok where Mattress Mac is sitting at a bar and there's a girl holding her phone up, kind of going, oh, you know, because Mattress Mac has just lost what he did. He lose like nine million dollars. He lost a lot. Of, he, he lost quite a few millions on that. one. Yeah. Yeah. He's lost he's lost a quite a few, but he's also won. And the thing is, he's a brilliant because how much is he making with his furniture? Yeah, well, he gets attention both ways. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And and he won, but you know, when you win $75 million, the rest of it really doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> if you lost nine million, eh, who cares? Right. So so guys, man, it's really cool is when he got he goes to Vegas. And I believe he was able to get thirty million dollars there in Vegas that went that night, and they film him with a wheelbarrow with a seventy-five million dollars going to the jet. Now, Billy, that's that's bad A. I know I'm not going to say the it word, is. but that's Elvis bad A. Like I don't know, yeah. I don't even know if Elvis got to do that. Yeah, that's what Mag did. And no. the thing is, that's cool. You need to go because he's become a TikTok star, as Billy said. And I bring that up to him. And that's really where I first learned about Mattress Mac during when the Astros were getting closer and closer to the World Series. I start, started following, man. I became a huge fan of this guy. I'm thinking, like, this guy is, is cool. This guy is cool, like I tell him on there. And uh, and uh, he uh, – so, anyway, during the Astros World Series, they go to Philly and they get beat. I mean, they get – they get whooped in, in Philly in game three or whatever it was of the World Series. So they're walking out after the game. <laughs> and some kid, of course, filming for his TikTok or whatever, he decides that he was going to talk smack to Mattress Mac. And, you, you know, you got, you're going to have to go and search this video. But he was, you know, trying to say, hey, how the Astros were cheaters and blah, 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 blah. Well, Mattress Mac wasn't having this. You know, they just got blown out. And, you know, he has $10 million riding on these games, you know. So Mattress Mac turns around and cusses the guy out. And it was like a <laughs> – it was unbelievable, man. And, he, of course, Mattress Mac apologized because that was out of his character. But uh, fast forward after they win the World Series NFL season, Mattress Mac – did a video and put it out on his Facebook, his Instagram, TikTok, that, hey, I'm inviting, because of my 
unfortunate banter with this Philly fan, I learned some bad thing things while I was in Philadelphia. He kind of made a joke about it, like you know, I I just I picked that type of talk up while I was there in town. But uh, he uh, he invited twelve Philadelphia Eagle football fans in Houston to join him in his box suite that night for the NFL game. Mm. That was kind of his way to apologize, I guess, to Philly, to the Philly fans. So 12 fans uh, that were there went and hung out with Mattress Mac in a suite there at uh, the NRG Stadium. Pretty cool. That is very, very cool. Yeah, he's done some incredible stuff. Now, I wonder about – he. I don't – He if it, if that happened in the late 80s, he's definitely not the inventor of doing those kinds of things as a furniture store owner. And because in, I came from Eastern North Carolina and we had a guy, uh, I think it was called furniture fair. And the guy's name was itchy popkin. Okay. And in the commercials, itchy would stand in a washing machine, the old traditional kind, you know, the top load, and he would hold money up and the machine would spin him around in the commercials. (laughs) And, (laughs) and they would do these things like on Sunday afternoon, you would have a, uh, where they would sponsor a movie or something. And it would be every commercial between the movie would be furniture fair. Wow. They had a guy there that always, it tripped me out. I would make fun of him uh, to (laughs) Lori because he did, he would say, he would say, we've got, uh, we got washers and dryers and fidgetators. He called them fidgetators. Okay. And uh, just stuff, you know, just little silly stuff like that. But I wonder where that actually, uh, that carnival type, selling furniture on TV atmosphere happened. It had to be in the fifties or sixties. Uh, you know, when TV started in the late fifties or mid fifties. Well, like I said, with mattress Mac is he got that idea from that local cars, uh, salesman in in Texas. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I saw that in an interview doing my research for my show, but I was trying to find the year that he opened, uh, 30 years ago. Okay. So yeah, so it said with okay, so it says Jim Mattress Mac uh, Mackinville. Jim is his real name, Mackinville, uh, has always believed in God, country, family, and hard work. A tireless powerhouse, Mac is a is usually found standing at the front desk. I'll vouch for that. He was there <laughs> of the original gallery furniture store on North Freeway, greeting every customer and overseeing the sales activities of the store seven days a week. Mac is the hardest working person you will ever meet. He never stops moving and trying to get better. And his energy is infectious to all who come in contact with this Houston icon. It says with only $5,000 and a dream to build the world's greatest furniture store, Mac started gallery furniture under tents on the side of the, of the freeway over 30 years ago. So Mac, that's, a, that's quite growth in, in 30 years. Yeah. So, so how old years, is Mac now? It said that he is 70, let me, let me see, 72, did I say that, or uh, 72, 1951. Okay, so he started his company when he was uh, 40 years old, about, um, that particular company. You know, I started my company when I was 40. Okay, so, and, um, so, so a fascinating story that I found out uh, about Mattress Mac was, before he, he did gallery furniture, they lived in Dallas, Texas. And I believe that's where he grew up. Mattress Mac, Billy, played in, on the 1970 Texas 
national championship team. Oh, wow. It was a football star. Mattress Mack was. His dad was a high school football coach in Dallas at the high school that Mattress Mack went to. The football stadium is named after his dad. Wow. So you can see how Mattress Mack is a big sports, you know. Huge sports guy. So anyway, so Mattress Mack opens uh, a gym in Dallas, and he failed at it. That was his first business to do. So he and his wife go to a – it was like, I guess, uh, like a – like you used to do the, with the spa stuff, the convention, yeah, vendor stuff, mm-hmm. and and uh, it was also a Muhammad Ali Appreciation Day. So Mattress Max said that he and his wife walk in here, and they quickly noticed that they were the only white people in the whole building. Mm-hmm. And this was in the in 1978, if I'm getting my date right. It's in my show. So. Muhammad Ali, there was a boxing ring set up in the in the middle of, of this, this room where all the vendors were. And Muhammad Ali at some point came in there and did an exhibition there inside the boxing ring. Okay? So Ali being Ali, greatest talker probably in sports, he grabs the microphone. And he looks out at the crowd. He says, so which one of y'all think that y'all could take me in here? And Mattress Max was the only person that spoke up and said, I think I can. Something to that effect. Mm-hmm. I can. And Muhammad Ali sees the only white man in the whole audience challenging him and said, look, guys, it's the great white hope. <laughs> so Mattress Max gets into the boxing ring. And he says that Muhammad Ali came up to him and kind of whispered and said, all right, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to let you beat me up two rounds middle of the second round. I want you to knock me out. I'm going down. And when I go down, I want you to grab the microphone and stand over me and yell at the crowd and say, did y'all see me knock that boy out? I sure did knock that boy out. Didn't I? So that's what happens. And, 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 and mattress Mac in this article that I read explained that, you know, I boxed before I was a boxer. He said he was about a 190, 190 pounds at this point in his life. Yeah, golden glove guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And and Mattress Max, so you know, he 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 had to, he, you know, he could box. So Muhammad Ali let him hit him and do all whatever. He had a rope of dope, had him in the ropes. Mattress Max just pounding away. There's a cool photo I found that's in my show that you guys can see. And uh, so anyway, so after the first round, Muhammad Ali goes over to the corner. And he's just acting like he's just drained, like he's just so tired that he's, he, you know, this this guy's a lot, lot better than, than he thought, I guess. And uh, so anyway, second round, sure enough, he's still punching, uppercuts, everything. And and uh, Mattress Mac knocks him out. Down goes Ali. Down goes the champ. Ali's out on the, on the mat. He grabs the microphone and starts yelling at the crowd. And he said, I quickly realized this, that was a huge mistake. Because he said, that crowd turned on me. <laughs> I'm up there yelling, did y'all see me knock that boy out? I knocked that boy out, didn't I? And so I get later on, his wife jokes that somebody asks, are you uh, with him? And she's like, no, I don't know him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know my husband. So Muhammad Ali lets this go, go. He lets this go on for a while, Billy. 
And then he jumps up, grabs a microphone, and tells the crowd, ah, I, I put that on. I choreographed all that. So, yeah, everything was cool after that. But Mattress Max said for a while it was pretty scary in this, in this room, uh, me standing over Muhammad Ali like that. And that's kind of funny because you and I have a, a friend that's also an Elvis, someone that knew Elvis, uh, that told me a similar story of his experiences with Muhammad Ali. And can yeah. I tell that one? Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking about Dan. Dan Jenkins. Dan Jenkins, yeah. Uh, Dan is probably one of those guys that could probably uh, give the um, most inter interesting man from those uh, beer commercials a run for his money. So anyway, you know what I'm talking about? He knows everybody. <laughs> he, he posted, I don't know if you saw this, but yesterday or the day before, he posted pictures of him and his wife and Gary Busey and his wife or girlfriend at the beach hanging out. I, I didn't, he he hadn't seen that. There's yes. pictures of him hanging out with Gary Busey back so, in the Buddy Holly days. I'm talking about way back. Oh, well, so hey, yeah. I just I feel good when he wants to take a photo with me. Yes. You know? Dan, man, Dan he, was, we need to get him on one podcast. He that's gonna be a show. Stuff. Dan the other day's hanging out with uh, uh, Rudy. Yeah, the real Rudy, Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. real Rudy. Yeah, Rudy. I'm Rudy. I'm the real Rudy. The re they do that on the Rick and Bubba show. They make oh, fun that... of him because he says he's the real Rudy. <laughs> is that how he introduces that? Yeah. I'm the real guy. I'm Rudy. I'm the real Rudy. Yeah. So, so he's not he's not Austin Butler, Elvis. He's, That's right. He's real. He's, he's the real Rudy. Real. That's right. So anyway, Dan says that he works on a movie uh, with um, Chris uh, Christopherson, and Ali is in this movie. Now, I'm gonna go have to go back and on IMDb and and figure that name out as I'm not thinking of it. So uh, they filmed this down in um, in South Alabama, and they go out to a uh, to like a, a a bar one night after shooting, and it's Chris Christopherson, it's Dan, it's Muhammad Ali, it's someone else. <laughs> And he said Ali had been showing him magic tricks all day that day. That, that's what he loved to do. And I've heard that. He he became a magician, you know. he make things disappear and you know, stuff like that, put on a show. So, uh, <laughs> I have to really think how I'm going to talk, but this is how what Ali did. So, they walked up. He said it was a big flight of stairs to get up into this door in this bar where they were going to. So he said they were walking up the stairs and it was Chris Christopherson in the front. It was Ali and it was Dan. And he said halfway up, Ali kind of looked at looked at uh, uh, Dan and winked his eye. And Dan already figured he was up to something just because he had been around him so much by, by this time. So he said they go into the door and the door closes behind and all of a sudden and there's a room full of people. And Ali just starts screaming at Dan and said, what did you call me? Did you call me a? <laughs> yeah. Chris Christopherson's looking around and Dan said, yeah, I called you a. And he's going back at it with Muhammad Ali. And they're just yelling back and forth. Everybody is like, that's Muhammad Ali. What, what's going on here? And so anyway, Dan said, Meet me outside and we'll settle this. So he and Muhammad Ali leave the building. 
And Chris Christopherson's eyes was like, what's going on here? And they take it all the way down the flight of stairs. And they got Christopherson really good on this. Cracked up. Muhammad Ali just started laughing. But that is stuff Ali did. Ali just liked to have fun. And when I read when I read The Great White Hope with with uh with uh Mattress Mac, I automatically thought of what uh Dan told me, his story mm-hmm. with Ali. It, so it matches and those two people don't know each other. And they don't know yeah. each other. And, and and but you know, we know Ali was uh, loved Elvis. Mm-hmm. And Elvis loved Ali. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty cool alt it all ties together. It's un- it unbelievable how all that ties for fans that don't know uh, Elvis. Uh, if you've ever seen Elvis, seventies Elvis, he would wear capes, and he had a, a floor length cape like he would wear, made for Muhammad Ali and presented it to him, and it was supposed to say, "These people's champ." Yeah, <laughs> but it said that they got it wrong, and it said the people's choice. <laughs> And I think you can see that uh, is in the Muhammad Ali Museum in in Louisville, Kentucky. Really? That is in there. Yeah. Um, Another friend of a mutual friend of mine and yours actually knows Muhammad Ali's widow or or ex-wife. Okay. And um, and I actually spoke with her. I haven't ever done an interview with her. We set it up. So one day when I go to Louisville, she'll bring she'll take me into the museum and we'll look at the cape and all that kind of stuff. But uh, he actually put me in touch with her, and I spoke with her on the phone, and she corroborated that it is there. All right. So- what happened to that thing that, from my memory, is that uh, when Elvis gave him the cape, he lost the the fight that night, and so he never yeah. wore it again. Yeah, he never wore it again after because he was, you know, superstitious like like everyone else. Yeah, uh, guys, that movie was called Freedom Road. That Dan worked on. I'm looking at it right here. It said it was shot in 19 or released in 79. And Muhammad Ali played a, a former slave, Gideon Jackson. And Chris Christopherson was his master. And it said after fighting in the Civil War, he returns home as a free man and becomes a U.S. senator. So that Freedom Road. I never I never knew that. I've, I've mm. got to go watch this movie now. Yeah, that sounds like and a good So now movie. we can see the uh, that, why Ali's making all these jokes, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's got to be yeah. based on a true story, I would think. I would think so too. Yeah. Freedom Road. It was a TV movie. Uh, but yeah, Dan is one of those. We'll have a show of uh, about him. But back to uh, back to uh, Mattress Mac. He, uh, I, I, through my research, I realized that like in 1996 or 97, uh, Conan O'Brien did a segment where he would play local television advertisements during the Tonight Show, and he would play Mattress Max tele, uh, television commercials and another furniture store in, in Texas to, that all played during the late night show. And man, it was hilarious, man. But, you know, uh, this was before uh, uh, Mattress Mac became famous with the uh, the money, with uh, winning all the uh, bets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, when he won the $75 million last year on that $10 million bets, he um, that was actually the uh, the largest sports betting win in history. Really, I didn't know that in history. And it looks like he 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 put the money in maybe four different casinos, four different mm-hmm. bets, or I, I think that or whatever the sporting bet sp- 
uh, sports betting is. Sports books, yeah. Sports books. So yeah. he spread it out between different places, not all in one place. Not all in one place. And uh, let's see. Uh, I'm looking here. Something else cool that I thought was really, really um, kind of similar with Elvis is Match Mac after Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Ida, and Harvey. He actually opened his doors to gallery furniture and allowed people to sleep there. And I thought that, you know, that was that giving thing. He's a really, if you go back and, and, and look at everything that he's done, he's a very important person. Uh, this guy, can you tell he loves the city that has given him this opportunity and he gives back as much as he can. Uh, now he's doing the NIL stuff. He's he's paying the players to do his commercials. But he had a uh, he had a uh, uh, Eddie Guerrero, a pro wrestler, that was in his commercials. And, th- and then I was getting to this. He's really good friends with Chuck Norris. Hmm. And I noticed when I was in there, he had a, a poster of Sidekicks up on the wall. That was a, a Norris Chuck Norris film from 1995. I didn't realize it then. I doing my research. Mattress Mac was the producer. Hmm. He put up twenty six million dollars to make that movie. That's and good and uh, during the uh, during the promotion of the movie, uh, Chuck would fly around to different um, cities here and uh, uh, to promote the sidekicks. And Mattress Mac was still busy with his gallery furniture, so he let his wife fly on the jets and do the tours with Chuck. So, so his uh, his wife was uh, in charge of all that thing, and I think he made his uh, he made a little bit more money back from that investment on Sidekicks. Yeah. But Chuck has actually been to Gallery Furniture. It looked like he probably signed autographs, and there's some cool photos of him younger there with Mattress Mac uh, uh, there because Chuck Norris is big in Houston. He has uh, his Kickstart for ki- Kids is a, a foundation that Chuck has with karate and the martial arts. And mm-hmm. it's in all the, I, I believe it's in all the middle schools and elementary schools there in Houston, Texas. So I Houston is a big place. Mm-hmm. It is a it big is, town. It is. It's a big town. And uh, uh, there's a lot of history there with our Elvis stuff, but uh, there's, um, uh, it's just a mattress Mac to me is a fascinating character. When you look mm-hmm. into it, he wrote a book. He wrote a book, Billy, that I also found after the fact that you can actually buy on uh, Amazon, and it's called Elvis is on the lot. Mattress Mac, the American dream lives on. So uh, he wrote a book there in 19, as a Jim McInville known as Mattress Mac, took a small furniture company to a multi-million dollar franchise. This book tells how. A must for anyone in sales or starting a business. So I might need to buy that book. Mm-hmm. That's cool stuff. Well, he's quite a character. Um, and like I say, Houston is a giant place. I went there in about, I'm going to say I went there in 1999 or 2000 uh, when I had a business a different business than I'm in now that uh, I went there to look at someone that was doing a similar business and went down to where they had the battle of San Jacinto and they had a battleship out there that you could go on. And they've got the giant 
Uh, there's a giant monument there at the Battle uh, of San Jacinto and all that. But I remember uh, not being able to find a uh, like a, a just a regular restaurant there to eat at, like a McDonald's or something. It's, you couldn't hardly I couldn't where I was at. I couldn't find anything like that. Yeah, uh, a lot of Mexican restaurants. You know, I could find that kind of thing. But finding uh, franchise type restaurants, I couldn't find anything to eat at. Uh, but I thought it was a very interesting place. And like you say, it's full of history. Full of history. And, and the inside gallery furniture is they've really decorated it neat where you even if you're not in there buying furniture, you'll enjoy it because they have all kind of like quotes on the wall and they have memorabilia, as I said. And if you watch the video, he actually still has some Elvis memorabilia in there. Mm. He has he has a whole section dedicated to Elvis. So he definitely is a big Elvis fan, as he told me on there. He said he saw Elvis in, in uh, Dallas. In Dallas. So he either saw him at the Sportatorium or he saw him at the Cotton Bowl. Hmm. So he had the Continental, but he had something else big. What was that? Do you remember? Yeah, he had the cape, the Aloha. That's right. The Aloha cape, which I think Larry has now. Yeah. Well, okay. Larry, Larry has. That long one. The one yeah. that was from uh from here all the way to the ground and i don't yeah i was told by uh Richard okay well no that's not the one larry has one, no. yeah uh, that was made has... for aloha but he never wore it because that's it's what too it heavy so but i guess he did put it on yeah right but he didn't wear it that's right he didn't wear it you can't find him in a video but you know they recorded the aloha thing multiple times you know right. it was uh now they did a live version but they did a lot of a lot of dress rehearsals yeah and that kind of stuff yeah um, uh, but I've, I, I have photos of it in our, in my video. So people will see what it was when he's talking about it. But he said that that was one of his favorite pieces that he had. Yeah. Uh, and he got, he, 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 he did this at an auction in Vegas. That's very cool. An auction in Vegas. Uh, he had it for, so imagine this. I mean, think about that, Billy mattress Mac put that Lincoln continental in the middle of the showroom with furniture around it. Mm -hmm. How cool is that? I mean, that is very cool. There's couches and uh, um, shelves and stuff around it. And then there's Elvis Presley's Lincoln Cut or Continental Mark II. I know yeah. it's, all, it's known as the Lincoln. Yeah, everybody calls it Lincoln Continental. Explain but that's that. Not... Explain that. Okay, so I own a 57 model Continental Mark II. And the the thing is, is Ford was trying to break away. Ford was trying to compete with Rolls Royce at the time. So they created the Continental Division to create this car to uh, compete with Rolls Royce. And to give you an idea at the time in 56, Elvis was driving a Lincoln uh, uh, premier, which was the most expensive Lincoln. They were $4,000. The continental Mark II was $11,000, like 11, three or 11, four. So okay. it was two and a half times as much as the most expensive Lincoln at the time. And uh, you could find where a lot of stars drove them. There's uh Elizabeth Taylor's version, you know, she had one. So it was the thing that a lot of stars drove back then. And of course, Elvis had one too, but they're very, very uh, unique looking cars and they're very, very rare. They only made about 2000 of them total hmm. uh, in 57. Mine is a 57 model uh, and they only made 457 models and only about uh, 240 out of the 400 had air conditioning. My car is an air conditioning car. So it's one of 240, 57 models. Um, and there's just not many left. You know, they, uh, uh, there's, there's 
only a handful of convertibles. They weren't really made as convertibles, uh, but there's a handful of convertibles. Um, but just a beautiful car. If you could imagine, it looks kind of like a 56 or 57 Thunderbird with the porthole windows. You remember that from American Graffiti? Mm -hmm. But it looks like it's kind of stretched a little bit. So the distance from the back of the front tire to the front of the door is is stretched maybe two feet longer than the okay. Thunderbird. So it looks like that car it just looks like they stretched it out. It's really kind of long and sleek looking. And I'm doing a restoration on mine right now, uh, so I'm excited about it. Um, but very, very interesting car. And Mattress Mac, Richard told me that Mac would let you sit in the car. You know, so you just let you go sit in it. That's interesting. All right, so let's talk. Let's move on to. Uh, in this particular episode, we're going to talk about another quick subject. We've got not many minutes left, but uh, I recently went to Seaside. Is that cool? Can we transition to that, Trey? Yeah. Okay. I recently, I'm actually wearing my Seaside shirt right here. Seaside is down in Florida. It's just south of Alabama. In fact, I went through Alabama. Could you feel me in Alabama when I was driving through? Could you tell? Things well, you just know seem different. Something did seem different. I mean, right about the time that you called me, Michael Jordan was flying into Alabama. Yeah, well, that's so, right. You know, I was just <laughs> on cloud 23 at this point, man. But I understand. I, it, it was probably because Spy Guy was also in the States. That's right. That's right. I mean, it wasn't Michael Jordan. It Michael Jordan there. and the Spy Guy was there. It, both in Alabama at the same <laughs> at time. At the same time, because literally you called me when he had just landed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we'll have to talk about that uh, in yeah. in a an episode where we can really dig into to that. But we went down to Seaside. We stayed at uh, they call it South Walton Beach or Rosemary Beach, and uh, and uh, we uh, got a house down there. We were a real quick walk to the beach. I actually rented a bicycle. I rented an electric bike, and the way we would go to the beach is. Uh, uh, my daughter and son-in-law and our grandbabies were there and we bought them a radio flyer wagon that's made for the beach. So they would drag the radio flyer wagon with kids in it down there. It's about a seven minute walk. I would drive my Jeep down and drop Lori and the chairs and the coolers and all the stuff that you need off. You know, I even had my metal detector. I metal detected on the beach and then I would drive back and then ride the bicycle back because there was nowhere to park. You know, there's no parking uh, down there. And so we had a great time. We stayed uh, in our house. We had a, a, a heated swimming pool. And we got food and made food. We ate at a lot of restaurants down in Seaside. Uh, and many of you have seen Seaside. If you've ever seen the movie, The Truman Show with um, Jim Carrey, it was shot in Seaside. So his house that is in the movie is in Seaside. You can go see the house. Um, it, when you go to Seaside, it was the movie was around the, the uh, post office. Do you remember the movie, Trey? I do. They had the post office there right on 30A. And behind the post office is a, it's, it's kind of, if I, if I could give you a visual, 30A goes by it. And it's kind of a, just a loop above 30A. So it's just a, a circle. Okay. And around the circle is businesses at the top. In the middle of the circle is a stage that's covered now and a place that you could sit. They'll have uh, singers and bands come and, and do little concerts there. Then they have like food trucks, but they're not trucks, they're trailers, like uh, different food trailers along there. And um, 
they have, uh, if you go around the circle to the right, there's a store there that's called, um, I can't remember the name of the store, but they call it a, um, they don't call it a store. They call it a, tag uh, on it. I'm not going to be able to think of it, but it's on the right-hand side. And Jim Carrey in the movie goes in that store. Okay. And scenes are shot in that store. They call it a market. It's called a market. It's something market. But that was a market in the movie. He does things around the post office. Now the post office was where the stage was in the middle. Now they've moved the post office to the left of the market. And it's they say that it's the most photographed post office in the world because it was iconic for the movie. And now it's a real life post office. It, you could go in there and there's post office boxes and somebody really works there. But it's got palm trees by it's very interesting looking. To the left of that is a place uh, called the Great Southern restaurant. And so we ate in the Great Southern a couple of different times. And I actually met, my pastor happened to be down there from my church, uh, Three Oaks. And he messaged me and said, hey, would you like to have breakfast Thursday morning? So I went down and met with him and we had breakfast at, at Black Bear, which is to the right of the circle, the loop there at 30A. And it's a really good place to eat. There's a, uh, a children's, like a toy store called a Duckies that the kids love to go to. But it's just a beautiful place. If you go, there's things to eat. When you go across the street on the beach side of 30A, they have uh, like a, uh, a taco bar. There's a pizza place. There's a shrimp place, which I got oysters at the shrimp place. It was really, really, really good. There's just a lot of different things to do. You can walk on the beach there. But if you've watched the Truman Show and you want to see things related to that, there's a lot of things that are that were props. There's prop signs of businesses that don't exist. They're not real businesses, but the signs are all still there. Yeah, and um, which I thought was very very cool. And I actually did a video about that. Um, Tied up. And like, like you could find that video on my channel. Put Spa Guy and Truman Show in and uh, Seaside, and you'll find the video, and I take you to all the different places and show you the different things. Uh, if you walk all the way through the middle of the top of the circle, there's a ice cream place on the left. We had ice cream there or gelato. If you go past that and cross the street on the right, there's a place that does all these fancy banana things. They dip bananas in chocolate and all that, and then there's a gate there, and that gate in that little area right there, there's a park back there, was all that's in the Truman Show. And I think he worked, man, it's been so long since I've seen it, but there's a business, there's a sign that has to do with uh, being a, uh, arc, something to do with an architect firm. And if you walk to the gates and you go to your left and go all the way around to the very end of the park before the crossover, you'll see the sign. It's still there. And all that's from the movie. So I thought it was very cool that they, that they embrace the movie. When you go in shops, they have DVDs of the Truman show. So a lot of it was based. I think, I think it somewhat made that area very famous. Now the housing there and that, thank you. Thank you very much. A minute ago meant we had three minutes left. The housing there is crazy, crazy, crazy expensive. If you're going to buy something, uh, I had it in my mind when I went down there that we were going to buy a beach house, we would pick something, but wow. <laughs> Hey, 
a rundown place that you wouldn't even stay in as a million dollars, you know, and uh, a, a nice place that my wife would stay in is $3 million or 2 million, you know? And uh, so uh, my standards for places to stay are not quite as high as hers. You know, remember that place we stayed in, in Beverly Hills? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That was, that was cool, though. That was It was cool. It was very nostalgic. Man, that I was like... It was stuck in the 60s. It was stuck in the 60s, but I, all I was thinking about is I'm in Beverly Hills. Yeah, that's true. Rodeo Drive is right here a block away from me. Yeah, it was really close. UCLA's we, over there. We filmed at the, uh, at the Beverly Hills... Uh, it wasn't the Hilton, was it? It was the... Uh, it was the four, uh, four Seasons. I think it was the Beverly Hills Four Seasons. I think you're right. And uh, the, a room at the Four Seasons was like $800 a night. And I was like, man, we're just we're we staying tonight. We're not doing that. So I jumped hey, on Hotels.com. We're not, we're not Mattress Mac yet. No. Oh, <laughs> and and uh, I don't know if y'all know this story, but I jumped on Hotels.com and, and booked the room. We went to this place, and it was very surreal. But what's interesting is, and this happens to us almost everywhere we go. So we go check into this place. It's kind of run down and we're going, man, was this a mistake? We find out that Dodie Marshall, which was in several Elvis movies, actually lived there when she would have been in the movies with Elvis. She lived in this hotel. And uh, so I, we ended up having some history anyway. And not only that, that was used for the solid film actors. That's right. That's where That's they right. lived at. Uh, they because all the studio was across the street there in yeah. the 20s. Yeah. And that history is that was where most of those solid actors were they were living here in this uh, hotel. Well, I guess it I was love that. apartment rooms then. Uh, yeah. So we'll have to talk about that stuff uh in another thing. But friends, what we're trying to do is we want to give y'all we're not wanting to pigeonhole ourselves and do just Elvis stuff. And I know we talk about Elvis a lot, but it just seems like everything leads back to Elvis somehow. Every story. <laughs> um, but but anyway, uh, I wanted to throw a little thing about Seaside in there. If you get a chance to go down there, it's a beautiful place. It's called 30A. If you ever see the 30A stickers on the back of people's cars, that's what they're talking about. That's going to be uh, that's going to be uh, uh, Rosemary Beach, Seaside. And uh, what is the other the other little area down there that you go to when you come off the bridge where the Bass Pro Shop is? Yeah. Um, uh, it's a main beach area that everybody talks about in Florida. Panama City. Um, uh, it's to the left of Panama City, so it'll be Pens back uh, towards Pensacola. No, not Pensacola. This is on the beach. Uh, um, I'm gonna pull it up Destin. real quick. Destin. That's what I was trying to think of. So it's close to Destin, but it's you go to Destin and then start working your way back east, and it's in that area. So. Highly recommended. A lot of fun. We had a great time. I metal detected. Uh, didn't find anything great, but I'll do a video about my metal detecting. And I also shot every restaurant we did. I did a, a food review. We looked at what we ordered and all that kind of stuff. So I'll be doing reviews and putting those things out. And we're running a little bit over. But awesome story about Mattress Mac. You had a lot of details. And, uh, and I'll have to go down there and meet Mattress Mac one day very, very soon. Yeah, guys, uh, go to my show, Globe Trotting with Trey, Mattress Mac, Elvis, and you'll see his interview. And if you're in Houston, go to Gallery Furniture. I'm telling you, you will uh, you'll enjoy it, and he will be there. And he's uh, 
his story is, he's, you know, it's inspiring to me because this guy just, he opened a business and he, he had charisma, charisma and he just started doing commercials and people like what he did. And it just grew and grew and grew to what it is today. So the American dream lives on, just like That's his right. book said, uh, for all of us. It just gotta he got to do very it. rich in 30 years. So the American dream is not dead. Right, right. So, hey, Gallery Furniture, tell them Glow Trident with Trey sent you if you go visit. That's it. We'll see y'all. Uh, comes next week, Wednesday.